2.15, explaining point one from this chapter's outline. Temporal ends have to do with advancements and riches, thus with honors and material gains in the world. Temporal ends are many, but they all have to do with advancements and riches. By temporal ends, we mean either ones that fade in time or ones that only come to an end with a person's life in the world. By eternal ends, on the other hand, we mean ones which do not fade or come to an end in time, thus not with life in the world. Since, as we said, all temporal ends have to do with advancements and riches, it is important to know the following, namely, the nature and origin of advancements and riches, the nature of a love of these for their own sake, and the nature of a love of them for the sake of useful ends. The fact that these two loves are as distinct from each other as heaven and hell, and the fact that a person discerns the difference between these loves with difficulty, but regarding these several points individually. First, the nature and origin of advancements and riches. Advancements and riches in most ancient times were altogether different from what they gradually became thereafter. Advancements in most ancient times were simply the kind that exist between parents and children, advancements of the children that were advancements in love, full of respect and veneration, not because of the children's birth from the parents, but because of the instruction and wisdom gained from them, which was a second birth, in itself spiritual, because it was a birth of their spirit. This was the only advancement in most ancient times, because tribes, clans, and households dwelled separately then, and not under governments as today. It was the head of the family in relation to whom the advancement was made. People of old called these times golden ages. After those times, however, a love of ruling gradually entered, owing simply to the delight of that love. And because there entered at the same time an enmity and hostility toward those who refused to submit, tribes, clans, and households, out of necessity, banded together into confederations, and they set over themselves someone they called at first a judge, then a prince, and finally a king or emperor. And at the same time, they also began to fortify themselves with towers, earthworks, and walls. From the judge, prince, king, or emperor, as from the head into the body, a lust to rule spread like a contagion to many others. Degrees of advancement arose as a result, and also honors in accordance with them. And with these, a love of self and people's pride in their own prudence. Something similar happened with a love of riches. In most ancient times, when tribes and clans lived apart from each other, the only love of riches was a desire to possess the necessities of life, which they acquired for themselves by their flocks and herds, and by their farmlands, fields, and gardens, which supplied them with food. Among their necessities of life were also attractive houses, equipped with implements of every kind, and also garments. Engaged in pursuing and laboring for all these things were parents, children, men-servants, and maid-servants, those included in the household. But after a love of ruling entered and destroyed this state of affairs, a love of possessing means beyond the necessities entered also, and it grew to such a height that it wished to possess the means belonging to all others. These two loves are like blood brothers, 
as someone who wishes to rule over all things also wishes to possess all things. For thus all others become their servants, and they alone lords. This is clearly apparent from those in the Roman Catholic world, who have exalted their dominion even into heaven to the Lord's throne, on which they have placed themselves, that they seek out the wealth of the whole world and enlarge their treasuries endlessly. Second, the nature of a love of advancements and riches for their own sake, and the nature of a love of them for the sake of useful ends. A love of advancements and honors for the sake of the advancements and honors is a love of self, properly speaking, a love of ruling from a love of self. And a love of riches and means for the sake of the riches and means is a love of the world, properly speaking, a love of possessing the goods of others by any device. On the other hand, a love of advancements and riches for the sake of useful ends is a love of useful endeavors, which is the same as love of the neighbor. For the objective for which a person acts is the impelling end, and it is first or primary, while all else are means and are secondary. As regards a love of advancements and honors for their own sake, which is the same as a love of self, properly speaking, as a love of ruling from a love of self, it is a love of one's native self, and a person's native self is completely evil. That is why we hear it said that a person is born into every evil, and that his heredity is nothing but evil. A person's heredity is his native self, by which he is impelled, and into which he comes by his love of self, and especially by a love of ruling from a love of self. For a person who is impelled by that love regards only himself, and so immerses his thoughts and affections in his native self. It is owing to this that a love of self has present within it a love of doing evil. That is because the person does not love the neighbor, but himself only. And one who loves himself only views others as apart from him, either as inferior or of no account, regarding them with contempt in comparison with himself, and considering it of no moment to do evil to them. As a result, one who is impelled by a love of ruling from a love of self thinks nothing of cheating his neighbor, of committing adultery with his wife, of slandering him, of plotting vengeance against him to the point of murder, of behaving savagely to him, and other like things. A person derives this characteristic from the fact that the devil himself is nothing other than a love of ruling from a love of self, with which he is allied and by which he is led. And one who is led by the devil, which is to say by hell, is led into all those evils, and he is led continually by the delights of those evils. So it is that people in hell all wish to do evil to all whereas those in heaven wish to do good to all. That opposition produces between them an intermediate state, which is the state a person on earth is in, and he is held in it as though in an equilibrium, so that he can turn either in the direction of hell or in the direction of heaven. And to the extent he indulges the evils of his love of self, he turns in the direction of hell, while to the extent he rids himself of them, he turns in the direction of heaven. I have been given to feel the nature and extent of the delight of a love of ruling from a love of self, 
I was conveyed into it in order to experience it. And it was such as to exceed all other delights that exist in the world. It was a delight of the whole mind, from its inmost constituents to its outmost ones, while in the body it felt altogether as a pleasure and enjoyment swelling the breast. I was also given to sense as well that from that delight, as though from their fountainhead, gushed the delights of all other evils, such as those of adultery, taking vengeance, cheating, slandering, of doing evil in general. A similar delight is present, too, in a love of possessing the means of others by any device, and in the lusts springing from it, which are its derivatives, but still not in the same degree, except as conjoined with the love of self. As regards advancements and riches not for their own sake, but for the sake of useful ends, this is not a love of advancements and riches, but a love of useful endeavors, which advancements and riches serve as means. This love is a heavenly one. But more on this subject in subsequent discussions. Third, that these two loves are as distinct from each other as heaven and hell. This is apparent from what we have just said, to which I will add the following, that people impelled by a love of ruling from a love of self whoever they may be, whether great or small, are all, in respect to their spirit, in hell, and that all people impelled by that love have a love for all evils. If they do not do them, still in spirit they believe them allowable, and so physically do them, whenever their position and honor and fear of the law do not stand in the way. Furthermore, a love of ruling from a love of self also harbors inmostly within it a hatred toward God, consequently toward the divine elements connected with the church, and especially toward the Lord. If they acknowledge God, they do so with the lips only, and if they acknowledge the divine elements of the church, they do it for fear of the loss of honor. The reason this love inmostly harbors a hatred toward the Lord is that inmostly in the love is the wish to be God for it worships and adores itself alone. Consequently, if someone honors it to the point of declaring it to possess divine wisdom or to be the object of the world's veneration, it loves that person from the heart. The case is different with a love of advancements and riches for the sake of useful ends. This love is a heavenly one, because, as we said, it is the same as love of the neighbor. By useful ends, we mean goods. And so by performing useful services, we mean doing good deeds. And by performing useful services or doing good deeds, we mean serving others and ministering to them. Even if they have position and wealth, people who do this still regard their position and wealth only as means to performing useful services, thus to serving and ministering. They are the people meant by these words of the Lord, Whoever desires to become great among you must be your attendant, and whoever desires to be first must be your servant. Matthew 20, verses 26 and 27. They are also the people to whom government in heaven is entrusted by the Lord. For to them, government is a means of performing useful services or doing good, thus of serving. And when useful services or good deeds are the ends or loves, then it is not the people who govern, but the Lord, 
for all good is from him. Fourth, that a person discerns the difference between these loves with difficulty. That is because most people who have position and wealth also perform useful services, but do not know whether they perform useful services for the sake of themselves or for the sake of the uses served. And still less do they know this, because a love of self in the world has present in it more fire and ardor for performing useful services than people do who are not impelled by love of self in the world. However, the former perform useful services for reputation or for material gain, thus for the sake of self, while those who perform useful services for the sake of the uses served, or do good deeds for the good deeds' sake, do not do them of themselves, but from the Lord. A person can recognize the difference between the two loves with difficulty because a person does not know whether he is led by the devil or by the Lord. One who is led by the devil performs useful services for the sake of himself and the world, whereas one who is led by the Lord performs useful services for the sake of the Lord and heaven. And all those perform useful services from the Lord who refrain from evils as being sins, whereas all those perform useful services from the devil who do not refrain from evils as sins. For evil is the devil, and useful service or good is the Lord. By this and nothing else is the difference recognized. In outward form the two appear alike, but in their inward form they are totally unalike. One is like gold containing within it slag, while the other is like gold containing pure gold. Or one is like artificial fruit that looks in outward form like fruit from a tree, when in fact it is colored wax containing within it sawdust or resin, while the other is like superb fruit, pleasing in flavor and fragrance, containing within it seeds.